Today, we are wrapping up a series called Matched. If you're new with us today, I've been doing a series and talking about relationships. And the, the, the subtitle for that series has been Keeping the Flame Alive. Keeping the Flame Alive. And so today I have my beautiful, hot, lovely wife with me. My baby's mama. <laughs> the barbecue sauce on my ribs. I love my wife. And so she's joining me today as we wrap up this series together uh, to talk about the top needs of a man, the top needs of a woman in a relationship. And I thought as we talk about the top needs of a woman, it would be good probably to hear from a woman. Do you know what I'm saying? And so uh, excited about that and what God's going to do in our time together. And if you're new with us today, I always want to give context uh, we've been talking and teaching from Galatians kind of as a theme, a thrust for the series in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. Uh, the scripture says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man or a woman reaps what they sow. So what we've been teaching throughout this series is this. It's great relationships, great friendships, great marriages are not about what you say, but what you so, oh, come on. Some people been here consistently throughout this series. Praise the Lord for consistent church attendance. <laughs> Not about what you say, but what you sow. So, so, so for instance, for instance, for instance, to illustrate this for you, I could say there's a fire in this fire pit. I can say that fire is hot. It is burning hot. And I can say that, but saying it doesn't make it so. The way that I have a fire in this fire pit is to sow wood into the fire pit. And then after sowing wood, that just alone won't do it. Then I have to sow some, maybe some gas or some paper on it. And, and, then, and then ultimately I'm going to have to sow some matches, lit matches or some, some type of fire that, that, that lights the, the wood so that I can actually have a fire. It's not what I say, it's what I sow that makes the fire possible. And it's the same thing with our friendships, our relationships, and with our marriages. It's not what we say, it's what we sow that keeps the flame alive. And so we want to talk to you about that today. What a man needs to sow into his wife and what a wife needs to sow into her husband. And I'll let my lovely bride kick us off today. Yes, so today I'm going to share the top needs of women and how husbands can sow into their marriage relationship. And so the first one is this, that husbands must sow security. Husbands, building security in your marriage relationship, it binds your wife's heart to yours. It cements the relationship. Um, I love what Mark 10.9 says, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Let nothing come between that marriage relationship. Don't let your other friendships, don't let hobbies, um, don't let other things take priority over your relationship with your wife. Um, you know, one of the ways that you build security is that letting your wife know that you are there, you are committed on the wow days when it's really easy and everything is going smooth, and on the vow days, as Herbert shared with us in this series, when maybe things aren't going so smooth, when um, things are tough, she needs to feel secure in your commitment, husbands. Commitment on the good and the bad days. Um, 
you know, another thing in scripture, it talks about how husbands are to love their wives like Christ loves the church and lays his life down for the church. Husbands laying your life down for your wife through the commitment, through sometimes sacrificing maybe other things that you want for the betterment of your marriage. Um, another way that husbands sow security into their wives is through unconditional love. Um, I love this. You know, um, Herbert does a great job of loving me for who I am. The great things about me and my imperfections. It means so much to me. It brings so much security and strength to my life and to our marriage when he values the differences. We are so different, and if you know us, you know this is true. He is very practical, and I'm more go with the flow, whatever happens, right? And um, he is very just structured. He is um, uh, so on schedule, so on target. And I can just be um, more emotional at times versus his practicality. But it means so much to me when he says, Tiffany, I know that we are different, but I value your differences. Your differences bring to our marriage values that I cherish and that I appreciate. And then another way husbands, that you can sow security into your wives is through meeting basic needs. And that is um, through providing food, shelter, clothing, making sure the bills are paid. And it doesn't matter if you're both working and providing these means or if it's one spouse or the other. It doesn't change the fact that for women, we feel very secure when our basic needs are taken care of. And so, husband, I just encourage you to sow security into your marriage with your wife. And I would say, just going back to unconditional love, this is something that I've grown in. I don't want anybody to think that we've perfected these things or I've perfected them. Yeah. Uh, I would say early on in our marriage, I tried to change Tiffany to be more like me. Anybody else ever done that before? Try to change your spouse, come on, to be like you. And, yeah. and uh, how, how did that affect you, Tiffany, me trying to change you to be more structured and wired like I'm wired? You know, it made me very insecure. It made me feel like I was failing in my marriage, failing as a wife, because I am not a good Herbert Cooper. No matter how hard I tried, it just went against everything in me, my nature, who I am. And so it just made me feel insecure and um, just very, um, I would say, kind of like walking on eggshells because you're just like, I just can't measure up. So good. And how many of you know when your wife's not secure and happy? Come on, pastors. I mean, brothers and sisters, let me tell you from your pastor. Happy wife. So brother changed. Amen. I figured, I figured that one out. Okay, this is not working for me. And so I began to really value her. And I really value my wife, our differences, our strengths that we bring to the relationship, weaknesses, and just unconditional love. And it's done a lot for our marriage relationship. A, a top need for a man, ladies, is this, is respect. It's so important that you understand how much your husband desires, craves, was actually, understand this, was actually wired by God to crave and need your respect. It's really interesting as you study the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 5, especially when you get to verse 21 and, and further down in that passage, and, and Paul is addressing the marriage relationship. And he, he really focuses on husbands love your wives, husbands love your wives. 
And, and he's, he makes this statement there in Ephesians 5 as he's wrapping up this whole teaching on husbands and wives. And he says this in Ephesians 5 verse 33. Each one of you, speaking to husbands, must love his wife as he loves himself. Love your, love your wife as you love yourself. And he says this, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, first of all, I find it interesting that God knows what our needs are because he wired us. He he made us. And it's interesting that throughout that passage, God never says, wives, love your husbands. Now, obviously, we know that a wife should love her husband. Uh, that's implied in the, in the text. But, but God says, listen, one of the greatest needs that your husband has, listen, husband, love your wife. Love her unconditionally. Like Christ loved the church, but wife, respect your husband. He so needs and desires and craves your respect. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of our arguments early on in marriage, we would have those heated arguments. And I've, I've told you on many occasions, and if you're new with us, pastors, we don't really argue. We have intense moments of fellowship in our home. And we would have, we would have these intense moments of fellowship early on in our marriage. And, and, and a lot of it was centered around, I felt disrespected. And Tiffany was not trying to do that. But we would get in an argument over a card game with her family. I felt like you're disrespecting me in front of your family. And, and we would just, just have an argument over because I just felt disrespected, not even realizing this is how I'm wired. I, I crave my wife's respect. It was probably a few weeks ago. I was in the bathroom uh, getting ready for, for work and to drop the kids off at school. And Tiffany uh, rushes into the bathroom and she says to me, Herbert, I need you to get the kids to school by 740. And I was kind of like, huh? And, uh, and it, just, it just rubbed me the wrong way because I, thought, I felt like my wife was disrespecting me. What, what would you say about that, Tiffany, that morning a few weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, that was a rough morning. So <laughs> let me just recount this for you a little bit. <laughs> so my son informs me that he needs to be at school at 740, which is like, Basically, that means we need to leave the house in like two or three minutes, okay? So instantly, I'm like, oh no, this was, we were not informed of this earlier. And so this totally changes the schedule. Herbert is very scheduled, very precise. So this probably isn't working with his schedule. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'll just slip on some shoes and run the kids to school for him. That was my mind, wanting to help Herbert. That is not at all how it came out. Instead... I rush hurriedly into the bathroom, and I'm like, hey, babe, are you ready? Can you take the kids to school at 740? Well, I didn't say it quite like that. It was like, boy. I was instructing him. Boy, boy, take the kids to school. I... That's what it sounded like to me. Boy, why aren't you ready? I was like, well, what am I doing no, 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 wrong? No. See... Here's the deal. Sometimes what you intend and what you think comes out isn't quite what comes out. <laughs> so She didn't say, boy. I'm just telling you how I felt. You know what I'm that's saying? That's what I'm saying. I didn't say that, but that's how he felt. My tone, it was more like giving him instruction, and um, which totally was not my intention. And so he felt very disrespected because the way it came across for him was that basically you're not doing your job. You better step up or I'll go ahead and do it for you. Like, really, that's how he felt. That is not at all what I meant. But 
that is how wives, it is so easy for us if we are not careful, if we're not thinking about not only what we're saying, but the approach we're taking and the tone that we are taking, our husbands can feel very disrespected and very dishonored. And so, you know, we have come a long way in this area, but I'm just telling you, if you're not always thinking and on it, it's so easy, like I did, to like blow the morning. And it's, it's yeah. just what I, I think we just what grasp is that it really is big for your husband. And you think, well, the man I'm married to, he's not even worthy of respect. <laughs> and I, I know some of you feel that way. But come on, call those things that are not as though they were. Amen. Just begin to, by faith, just honor and, and show respect and just watch what, it, watch what your respect and love and honor does to your husband and, and how it begins to impact and change his life. It, it reminds me of a story of, of a mayor. He was giving a speech to the town. And he gave an eloquent speech to the town. And after the speech was over, he got off the stage and he grabs his wife's hand and they're walking down the street. And he's so proud of being the mayor and the wonderful speech that he just gave. And as they're walking down the street, they see a street sweeper and he's sweeping the street. And that's his job. It's just taking care of the streets. And, 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 and the wife and the husband both notice that is the wife's ex-boyfriend. That's your ex-boyfriend sweeping the street. And the mayor feels so good about himself. And he says, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby. Aren't you glad you married me? Because if you wouldn't have married me, you'd be married to a street sweeper. She said, oh, no, if I would have married him, he'd be the mayor. the power of your words in his life it's the power of believing him and the power of respecting him I mean you have more power than you realize and he craves it and needs it from you number three is this okay number three husbands must sow affection into their relationship with their wives um, and this is verbal affection this is talking sweetly with kindness I love and often remember Ephesians 4 29 where it talks about using words that build each other up instead of tearing each other down husbands you have incredible power just like this illustration Herbert shared it's vice versa like husbands you have incredible power to build up your wives and to make them feel confident in who they are and confident in their marriage relationship um, another is in Song of Solomon I love how King Solomon displays for us um, how you can speak to your spouse. And he speaks so affectionately um, in uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. And he says, you are beautiful, my darling, beautiful beyond words. And then as it continues, he gets more specific. And I love this. Husbands, you should speak so specifically to your wives about what you love. He says, um, your eyes are like doves behind your veil. And he just goes on and on about all of the things specifically that he loves about her. And so husbands, I just encourage you this week to think of something specific that you love about your wife and just praise her for that. And I promise you. Just, just real quick now. I'm sorry to cut you off. Now, husbands, now, don't call your wife a dove. Now, that worked back then. But if you say, babe, you look like a dove, it's not going to work for you. I just want to clarify. Well, just this is true. This be is specific, true. but not a dove. Okay, go ahead, baby. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> so husbands, um, speak sweetly to your wives with kindness. Um, another area that you can sow affection um, is through physical affection. And this is in the area of non-sexual touch. And so husbands, I just encourage you, like this week, 
give your wife a hug. If you're not hugging her, and don't just give like the like side hug, like, yeah, love you, babe. <laughs> like embrace her and hold her. Hold her for a little while. Don't just let her go. Um, I've often talked about how I love how Herbert, he's a hugger. Like first thing in the morning, he's going to get a hug from me and all of the kids. Like they know it. First thing, go find dad and give him a hug. And so, but I love it. Even in the rush of the morning when we're trying to get the kids ready for school and get ready for our days, he will hug me and sometimes he just embraces me for a little bit. And it just makes me feel so treasured and um, I I love that, that he does that. So husbands, I encourage you with that. Um, Also, maybe just grab her hand. Maybe you're walking into the store or walking to church. Just grab her hand. Inside, she's just going to go, crazy, like, oh my goodness, he's holding my hand. (laughs) He's going to love it. Um, Give her a sweet kiss. Sit close to her. You know, don't always go your separate ways. Um, Be in close proximity together. That is one of the things that I love about my relationship with Herbert. We love to be in close proximity together. And that doesn't always mean that, like, we're right cuddling, like, right by each other, touching, but we are in the same room enjoying each other's company and Maybe we're just watching a show together, or maybe we're talking, or reading a book, or reading the paper, but we're together, and I love that. And husbands, I encourage you, don't just go your separate way, don't go do your own thing, but go to the place that your wife is and be in close proximity together. Um, Another area that you can sow affection is through acts of kindness. And husbands, for instance, you can serve her. I have friends and I know women who it lights their world on fire when their husband does something to serve them, help around the house, um, maybe do something unexpected to help in the area with the kids. Serving your wife just sows total seeds of affection that will make her feel so connected to you and so cherished. Um, Also, woo your wife. Do you remember, I know Herbert's referred to this, but do you remember what you did to earn her love, to, to get her heart? So many times you do that and then it stops. So today, husbands, I am encouraging you to step up your woo game and get your woo on. Not your boo. Some of you are like, your boo game? No, your woo. Your woo game. Woo. With your boo. With your boo. Amen. But woo your wife. She deserves it. And so I encourage you, you can do that through maybe sending her a love letter, through text messaging. I love it. Herbert text messages me like almost every day, really. I mean, he will send me messages. Sometimes they're just funny messages. Um, Sometimes they're like deeply heartfelt messages about his love for me. And so I encourage you that you can do that. Phone calls. Okay, about a month ago, it was after the new year, Herbert made one phone call in particular that made a huge mark on my heart. My kids were kind of going through this sickness thing. If you have multiple kids, you know how this happens. One gets sick, and then it just like is a domino effect, one after the other after the other, which caused me to lose sleep. I had to cancel appointments, change my schedule, and I was happy to do it, but it was exhausting. And that day, Herbert gave me a phone call, and he just said, Honey, I want you to know that I know that it's hard on you. You're not getting sleep. I know that you've had to change your schedule. You've had to cancel things that you really wanted to do. But I want you to know that I see all that you're doing for our family. Ladies, I cannot tell you. I was holding back the tears on the other end of the phone. It meant so much to me that he acknowledged all that I was doing, the sacrifice. He was being very specific 
specific about that. And um, I love it because he sealed it off and he said, and baby, I want you to know that I could not do what I do if you did not do what you do for our family. And ladies, I'm telling you, I was floating high for days off of that phone call. And he totally wooed me and he spoke words of um, kindness to me um, in a very specific way. And so gentlemen, husbands, I encourage you to sow into your wife and into your marriage by speaking words of affection and by sowing acts of kindness and service to her. That's so awesome. And I didn't know the impact that had on Tiffany until yesterday. And she told me, that phone call you made, it, you got brownie points. I was like, note to self, I will be doing that again. <laughs> that worked. It did, it worked. That worked. Yeah. I'm like, note to self. <laughs> So that was, that was awesome. The fourth thing is this, as we were talking about keeping the flame of life, and it's not what you say, it's what you sow. And the fourth log to sow on the fire to keep the fire alive. And this is going to be really surprising to a lot of you married folks and uh, kind of one of those shocking ones. And most of you are not even aware of this one. But ladies, one of your husband's top needs is sex. Oh, really, Pastor? I didn't know that one. Yeah, that was it's rocket science right there, you know. So it really is. And so uh, I'm going to keep this PG. But, but I do want us to know that this is because men and women are just wired differently. And for your husband, it really is a, a need of his. And Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 19, I, I, I love the word of God. It says, she is a loving deer, a graceful doe, talking about your bride, your wife, let her breast satisfy you always. May she always just satisfy you and you always just satisfy her. You meet each other's needs through intimacy. And it goes on to say this. May you always be captivated by her love. That you be captivated by your wife. Wife, you be captivated by your husband. And, and this is one of those sensitive subjects. And marriages are, are in different places whether it's hurt and pain or issues or the lack of communication, the lack of needs being met, the tension in the relationship. Some are wonderful and going great, but this is a, a need in, in your husband's life. And I taught you last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, it says, do not deprive one another. And it's just important that you all talk about this. And I taught you last week that the gap between what you expect and what you experience, oftentimes that gap is filled with disappointment, and frustration because there is no communication. And so you have to talk about it, realize it is a need that we need to be on the same page on. And then men, here's how I would encourage you is because you are wired differently oftentimes than your wife, not in every relationship, but, but in most. A husband and wife are just wired differently when it comes to this arena. And oftentimes men, you're wired like a microwave. Come on, you can get in an argument and a fight and scream, yell, whatever, you, however you handle. You know, me and my wife, we don't scream and you know, we don't do all of that. But we, you get in an argument and fight and you're not mad at each other. And, and then two minutes later, you're like, let's get it on. <laughs> Your wife is wired differently. You're wired like a microwave. She's wired like a crock pot. <laughs> Intimacy with your wife begins the very moment you wake up and get out of bed. And either you're sowing seeds of intimacy for the evening time or you're not. By what you do, what you say throughout the day, the call, the love, the help around. And so she's more wired like a crock pot and that will help you out to understand that you're wired differently. But it is an important need 
for a man. Tiff, would you have anything else to say on that? Um, I guess I would add for wives that um, we also need to do our part to satisfy this need for our husbands. And I often look at it as my obedience to the Lord. So as scripture says, when you become married, you are one. My body is Herbert's and his body is mine. And I know that oftentimes when we have tension or struggles in our marriage, the first thing to come up is that wall between the intimacy. And I just encourage you ladies to take a step of faith, to trust the Lord, to pursue your husband. And I promise you, when you do that, like in other every area of our life where we want something to change and we will take a step and we will do what's necessary, even if it's hard, we also need to do that in our intimate relationship with our husband. And so I encourage you to take a step of faith, to pursue your husband, and the Lord, you will just be shocked at how he will continue to bless you and to bring your hearts together and to bring healing in that relationship. Amen. Number five, this is the third need of a woman. Yes. Sewing meaningful communication. Husbands, communication is really the key. It is the glue that really connects your wife's heart to you. She wants and needs communication with you. And not just talking. She wants meaningful communication. No distractions. Focused, dialed in time with her um, where you are listening to her needs. I love James 1.19 says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And Proverbs 18.2 says, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Husbands, I know that you have opinions. I know that you want to solve all of our problems and that you feel like you really do have the best solution for all of our problems. And we love you for that. But sometimes we want you to push pause on your solutions and your opinions and just listen. Listen to what we're saying and try to understand because oftentimes, we just want to get it out. We just want you to understand what we've gone through, what we've been through, what we're feeling. Ladies, do you agree in this place? Yes. I mean, men say that's hard to do. You know, like, I, I got a solution for that. I can help you. <laughs> I know. Like you're talking with, and you don't want me to give a solution? You just want me to listen. But that's And truthfully, exact. sometimes I know the solution, but I just need you to hear what I've gone through. And like what I'm experiencing, you know. And so, and husbands, I would say, like some t timing is also so crucial because sometimes you really do need to speak into a situation, but maybe it's not right there and right then. And I have learned that also with Herbert. Like timing is so crucial, like our incident in the, yeah, when I was telling him what to do. So um, another thing is to make time for communication. I know Herbert and I do this through our regular date nights. Like we know when we have our date night, that is time for us to connect, to talk about what's been going on that week in our hearts. Um, sometimes it's after dinner and when the kids are done eating and we quickly hurry them off to go play so that we just have some time to talk. And sometimes it's only 10 minutes um, and sometimes it goes longer into 30 minutes, but that's time for us to connect about maybe what's going on that day. 
Um, and so making time, but then also take those opportunities that aren't planned, those unplanned moments when you can connect and just talk about what's going on. Um, and so, man, I just encourage you to sow meaningful communication into your relationship because I promise you it will so connect and seal your wife's heart to yours that she will want to meet your needs. She will want to do all that she can to love you the best that she can. Yeah, and I would just say, man, it's hard sometimes. That I would encourage you just to be open up and talk as well. And for instance, when your wife says, hey, how was your day? Just don't give a one-word answer. Good. <laughs> What'd you do? The usual. Like, she, she wants to communicate. And so just learning to, to open up and and to communicate is just really critical for your wife, a need of hers. And, and, and the last need we're going to cover today uh, for a man, wife, that you would understand is keeping the flame alive and adding a log to the fire is recreation, recreational companionship. Companionship. Your husband desires to have a friend. He desires you to be his friend. He desires to do things together. And I, I love Tiffany. I love our time together, and we love to do things together. And, and she wouldn't be the biggest sports fan, but she knows that I am. And so uh, we'll go to games together. Or uh, Sometimes she'll sit down and watch a game with me, and she even acts like she's interested. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> watching a football game, she goes, they just got a three-pointer. No, baby, that's a touchdown. No, no, it's not, it's, it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. But, but we watch games together, and... But I'm just, just a friend, like Tiffany and I are best friends. Uh, and that does so much for me that my wife's my best friend. And we do things together. And, and, and she doesn't just give, do things just I like, but I do things that she likes. Because she's my best friend. And so I've learned, you know what, I, I learned, I, I like shopping now. Come, I, I might as well like it because she likes it. Do you know what I'm saying? Why fight it? It's been 18 years, just give in. Like, I'm going to like it. Why, why am I going to fight it? And so we just do things together, trips and walks and, and going out to eat and enjoying one another's company, watching shows together, our favorite shows on television. We just, that means so much to your husband, recreational companionship, that you would be a friend and do things together. Even things you may not like. He may have to go to the opera or the play, and, but maybe every once in a while you go out hunting. You're like, I'm never going hunting. Maybe just, just maybe once and just hang. But just whatever, just, just recreational companionship. He needs your friendship. I, I love this scripture, Proverbs 5 and verse 18. It says, let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. And it says rejoice. Come on, at all the locations, everybody say rejoice. Yeah, yeah, that's it. This is for Christ followers. If you're a Christian, this is what your marriage should look like. Rejoice in the wife of your youth you to rejoice and it wouldn't be a burden to be married and and every year that goes by a decade two three four decades five decades you would be able to look and say I rejoice in the wife that I married she's my friend my companion and I rejoice in the gift that God has given me and so I want to encourage you wives husbands to 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 be friends uh, go on this journey of life together and work on your friendship. And it means the world to your husband uh, to have that recreational companionship. Can we give it up to the better half of the Cooper family? Can you give it up for my lovely wife, <laughs> Tiffany? Thanks, babe, for joining me today.